You're listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Monsters by Relia on AO3. Chapter 14. Don't do this, Elliot, Alina said very softly, staring at him reproachfully from the passenger seat of of his SUV. This is not the time. This is exactly the time, he cut her off and killed the engine at the same time, unbuckling his seatbelt already on the warpath. She's the one who brought it up, and if she wants to talk about it so goddamn bad, then we're going to talk. He flung the driver's side door open and stepped out, stood waiting impatiently by the open door, waiting for Alina to follow him, to jump down from the car so that he could continue on the warpath. But the silver wolf did not move. She stared him down, accusation in her golden eyes, but he was under a full head of steam, and he would not be deterred. Not even by his own heart, begging him to reconsider his reckless plan. I'm doing this, he told her. I've made up my mind. I'm sick of walking away from conversations and trying to say all the right things, and I don't want... I don't want her to go to bed thinking I don't care. That was the truth, whether he was willing to admit it or not. Elliot did not want Olivia to pass even one more night, believing she was no more than an afterthought to him. Angela takes the stand tomorrow, and I want to talk to Liv before that happens. That was also a truth, if not the whole of it. But Alina knew all of it already, and didn't need further explanation from him. She could see, with just one look, that his mind was made up, that he would not be deterred by her careful, rational counsel. If she really wanted to stop him, she could have stayed right there in the car all night, could have snapped at him if he tried to pick her up and move him. But she was part of him, and whatever he wanted, she wanted the same, even if she knew better. If this is the way you want it, so be it, she said, and then she rose to her feet, picked her way gingerly over the center console and the driver's seat, and then leapt easily down to the ground. She's not going to be happy with you, though, Alina added as Elliot slammed the door closed behind her. She's already not happy with me, he grumbled. I wish I could trust you, she'd said to him. I have tried to be here for you, she'd told him, like he didn't know that like he'd somehow forgotten all the work she'd done trying to carry him when he couldn't carry himself, trying to shoulder some of the burden, trying to keep him in the road when he was spiraling out, trying to help look after his kids. That was hard for me, she'd told him, talking about the night he'd turned up at her door with his heart in his hands. Scary, she'd said, and the word had lanced through him like a knife, because the one thing he never ever wanted to do was scare her. You have not asked me one question about what has happened to me since you left. That's why he was here, now, making his way through the one-six, making his way towards her. He was here because an hour before they had stood outside the courthouse and she had asked him about Angela, and he'd panicked, and she'd told him he'd been a shit friend, and she'd been right, and then she'd walked away. That was why he was here now, because she had said what has happened to me, and those two little words, to me, had been ricocheting like bullets around his brain since the moment they passed her lips, and he wasn't going to find any peace until he asked the question, 
and he didn't think she was going to find any peace until she gave the answer. Something, some things, had happened to her. That's what she thought he ought to ask about. What had happened to her? What had happened to her? Not what she had done herself. And he'd never been particularly pedantic about grammar, but live always meant every damn word, she said, and he couldn't stop thinking about it now, about what could have been done to her. So he'd called the desk sergeant at the 1-6 on a hunch and been proven right. The man remembered him from the old days and assured him that, yes, Captain Benson had come back to the station, and, yes, he'd call Detective Stabler if she'd left before he got there. The desk sergeant hadn't called, though, and even gave Elliot a little nod as he marched to the elevators. Liv was here, upstairs, alone in the darkness, and Alina thought he ought to leave her be, ought to let their conversation settle, ought to focus on the trial and the kids and give them both a chance to calm down. But he'd never been one to back down from a fight, and this was, he thought, about to be the fight of his life. When he stepped into the SVU squad room, the only person he saw was a young uni making a beeline for the coffee machine, and the light was off in Liv's office. But the desk sergeant had said she was here, and somehow Elliot didn't think the man had lied to him. Hey, he called to the kid, who spun around so fast he nearly spilled his coffee all down his front. Elliot tugged his badge out of his pocket and flashed it at him as he asked his question. Where's the captain? Uh the kid said, his mouth comically wide as he tried to decide how much to tell the gruff-looking stranger standing in front of him. Really, an officer worth the uniform wouldn't tell a stranger where to find his pretty CO this late at night when there's no one around to watch her back. But the kid's eyes flicked from Elliot's shield to Alina and back again, doing the math in his head. He saw Elliot's wolf, and he had seen Olivia's, and he knew what it meant. She went to the roof, he said. Thanks. Elliot was already turning away as he spoke. The path to the roof was familiar to him, and he went there all, unthinking, bowled his way up the stairs and burst out into the night, breathless, with Alina right beside him. For a moment, he just stopped and stared. Stared at Olivia, fierce and proud in her black coat, a shadow backlit by the city she loved so much, the city she'd given her life to, a clouse beside her like something from a myth, and the breath caught in his throat. There was a power to them up here, Olivia and a clouse wrapped in darkness like a blanket, the silent protectors of the city, the shadows on the wall, the old guard still manning their posts after so much loss, so much grief. It was an image he'd never forget for all the rest of his days. You should be at home, she said when she caught sight of him. She did not draw closer, and nor did a cluse move. They just stood there, waiting, watching, while the door closed behind Elliot, while he closed the space between them with unsteady steps. What happened to you? he asked intently. Olivia flinched, looked away. Up close he could see how tired she was, and he faltered. This really was a shitty plan, and he knew it. Alina had been right. He shouldn't have come here. He shouldn't have pressed. He shouldn't be standing here now, demanding an accounting from this woman who had already given him so much of her time, her heart, her shelter, in recent days. But he was dying inside, desperate to know, 
cracking beneath the weight of his own questions. Don't do this, Elliot, she said very quietly. I want to know, he answered stubbornly, fighting the urge to reach out and catch her under the chin, to lift her face so that he could look into her eyes. What happened to you? Why have you changed? That's what he was asking, because she had. She had changed, was more reserved, more hesitant, more withdrawn now than she had ever been, because she was more thoughtful, more calculated, more professional than he had ever seen her. Because so much of her was hidden away from him, when always before she had been an open book to him. What made you this way? He wanted to scream. And was it me? Did I do this to you? He thought he had the answer to that question already, but he had no answers to the other questions, did not know what had been done to her, but he knew the life she lived, the job she worked, knew the sorts of things that could have happened, and the could-haves were eating him up inside. Elliot, what happened? He said again, stepping a little bit closer, his heart breaking when she took a step back, left room between them, to you. My brother died, she said, but he knew that already, and she knew that, and it irritated him that she was so fucking angry with him for not asking, and yet refusing to answer him when he did ask. And a few months before that, someone I, someone I loved killed himself. It was Elliot's turn to blanch. The word loved hit him like a wrecking ball to the chest, and he thought of her little boy, that sweet little boy he'd seen only once, playing with her in the snow. A little boy who, by all accounts, did not have a father. This man she'd loved, this man who'd killed himself. Was he the father of her child? Was she carrying that horror around, struggling to explain it to Noah, stumbling under the weight of her own grief, even before Elliot laid his squarely on her shoulders? People keep leaving me, she continued. It's been... It's been fucking hard, Elliot. People keep leaving me. Like he had left her. Like he had started a chain reaction with his leaving. And one right after the other, every person she cared about just faded away until all that was left was Olivia, alone. Christ, he wanted to hold her. He wanted to pull her in close and wrap his arms around her and just hold her and whisper promises into the curtain of her hair swear his fealty to her, swear that no one, no one, least of all him, would ever leave her again. Swear that her days of grief were done, but her eyes were full of fire, and she would not let him touch her now, and his promises would be worthless, for he had broken them before, and given her no reason to trust them now. I'm sorry, he said. Olivia laughed, a bitter, mirthless sound, and turned her back on him, pacing closer to the edge of the roof, staring off into the night. Is that everything? he asked. Somehow he didn't think it was, not by half, and the thought scared him. What she had shared with him, her sorrow, her abandonment, was painful enough, and the thought of more hiding somewhere in her past was too much to comprehend. Just how much could one person endure? Fuck you, she said very softly. Liv? Fuck you for asking, and fuck you for not knowing. You told me to ask. I shouldn't have to tell you. She whirled around, 
dark hair flying out behind her, lightning flashing in her eyes, glorious and black as the night and full of hurt. If you gave a shit about me, you would have asked months ago because you wanted to. I don't want your pity, and I don't want your duty, and I don't want you to be here because you think you ought to be. I'm here because I want to be, he fired back. If I didn't want to be here, you really think I would have come? You think I would have come all the way out here tonight if I didn't want to know? I didn't ask because I thought you didn't want me to know. You haven't exactly been telling me shit, Liv. I asked you, and you still won't tell me. I don't know what the fuck you expect. I don't either, she snapped. I don't know what I was thinking. Tell me, he said. Tell me what happened to you. No. God damn it, Olivia. He took a step towards her then, his hand outstretched, frustration making him bold, making him just the side of angry. But he froze in his tracks because a clue stepped out from beside Olivia then, stepped between them, came between Elliot and Olivia when he had never, ever done that before, and bared his teeth in a silent growl. Olivia's heart, her very soul, was looking at him with teeth bared, ready to fight him, ready to hurt him, just to keep him away from her. Ecluse was protecting Olivia from him, and all his anger faded into dust. How had he fucked things up this bad? How could she be afraid of him now, when they had for so long shared one heart, one thought, been united in their care for one another? She'd gone to Jersey for him to speak to his mother, to help his child, and he'd gone to Jersey for her, to watch her back when her desperate need to connect with her brother threatened the very foundations of her life. There was nowhere they would not go for one another, nothing they would not do for one another. But Ecluse was standing between them now, telling him without words that Olivia did not want him near. It was Alina who stepped forward when Elliot could not, but though she did not draw too close, her approach made the fur bristle at the back of Ecluse's neck. It was unfucking bearable seeing the two of them at odds with one another, and Elliot lifted his gaze to Olivia's face, his eyes pleading, desperate for her to end this, desperate for her to tell him how to make things right. Olivia's eyes would not meet his, however. She was looking at the wolves. Ecluse, stop she said very softly, and the great black beast relented, backed off a pace because his mistress told him to, though his eyes were still wary. He's never done that before. There was a question in Elliot's words, and Olivia heard it, reached out and laid her hand gently on her demon's head. He's more protective of me now, she explained. Some things, some things happened. Tell me what happened, Olivia. He was begging, and he was not ashamed of it. He had to know. He had to know what had been done to her, what had made Ecluse so defensive, what had made Olivia withdraw from him, what secret was so painful she'd rather snap and snarl and push him away than simply share it with him. He held his breath, waiting. He could feel her warring with herself, caught between the part of her that desperately did not want to tell him and the part of her that desperately needed him to know. I was taken, she said finally. This man, he... Her voice trailed off, and Ecluse moved again, 
pressed his body against her legs, and looked up at Elliot with an expression that seemed to tell him to be quiet, to be still, seemed to order him to not interrupt or spook Olivia. It was bad, Elliot, she said. Bad. That was the best she could do. The only word she could come up with to explain what had been done to her. He had me four days. No food, no water. Drugged me, beat me, made me listen while he did things. He shot a cluse. He would have, he would have raped me, but I broke free. I broke free and I beat him within an inch of his life and I nearly lost my shield over it. He kept me in the trunk of his car for hours and I still get antsy in tight spaces. I can't stand the smell of cigarettes anymore. He, he left marks on me and then he broke out of prison and that was worse. It's been years, and sometimes I still wake up in the middle of the night, feeling his hands on me, the gun against my temple, his blood on my face. That's what happened to me, and you weren't there. It was painful for her, he could tell, just recounting even those scant few details cost her dearly. He could see it in her, the fear, the grief, the wounds she was ripping open just for him. The picture she painted was one of terror, was so horrific to him that his mind shied away from it, even as he struggled to hold on to every word she said. Even as he struggled to hold on to every word she'd said. How she suffered, still, lingering effects from the things that had been done to her. How she had been marked. How the worst thing of all was that he hadn't been there. She had needed him, and he hadn't come. There was a moment, she said, when I thought I was going to die, and I prayed for you. It was stupid. It was pitiful. I felt so fucking weak. But all I wanted was for you to come bursting through the door. I wanted you to save me, and you never came. Olivia. His voice cracked as he spoke her name, the sound of it a miserable, bleeding thing. But she shook her head, her eyes flashing a warning at him. This isn't about you, she said. This isn't about how it makes you feel, or your fucking apologies, or what you would have done if things were different. This is about me. This is mine. This pain, this horror that had been visited upon her, body and soul, she was claiming it, telling him how it belonged to her, and it broke him to see her so fiercely owning something so wretched. When I needed you most, you were nowhere in sight, she said. And when you needed me, I was there. Don't you ever forget that. With those words, she walked away from him, her chin held high, her steps sure and steady, refusing to meet his gaze. And as she went, so, and as she went, so too did Ecluse, keeping his heavy body between her and Elliot as he went. The black wolf passed close by Alina, and brushed her cheek with his once, gently, as he went. But he did not slow for her, did not stop, did not so much as glance at Elliot. Elliot they left alone, watching. All the words he longed to say lodged in the back of his throat, his voice frozen by guilt. Maybe it was for the best, that he could not speak, that his limbs were frozen, petrified in the oldest, truest sense of the word. His body turned to stone as punishment for the multitude of his sins. 
There were no words he could have said to staunch the bleeding of that wound, to smooth the rough edges of her hurt, to atone for the mistakes he had made, the things he had done. In the daylight, he might have fought her, might have chased after her, might have reminded her that he had no idea what had become of her, that if he'd only known, no force on earth could have kept him from her. But in the darkness, those words faded into shadows and did not pass his lips. There was no point in speaking them anyway. She knew it all already, knew everything he wanted to say to her, knew everything he was feeling, and had told him she didn't want it. He knew now what had happened to her, and he wished with every piece of his heart that he didn't. If you like this story, please follow the link to the writer's page and leave some love. Kudos, comments, or subscribe. They'll love hearing from you. Then you can head over to our Patreon page and contribute to Audio Fanfic Podcast. As a member, you are granted early access to one new story per month. That's www.patreon.com slash audiofanficpod. Thank you for listening, and remember, the stories are out there.